Hello, and welcome to another edition of American Pale Males, your nerdy beer tasting podcast. As always, it is I, your host, Jeremy. With me, as always, is... Michael. Now, Michael, uh... <laughs> we've made no small bones about my love of horror movies, especially, like, weird Italian ones. Okay. I also spit during the day job, because, you know, despite how lucrative the podcast is, I do have to work <laughs> a day job. Yeah, I know, I know. And uh, I have to kind of focus, but it also helps to have some music going, and because of all these things kind of combining in my mind, I have been digging through Spotify for old uh, Italian horror movie scores. These are ones that are like, you know, super synthy. It's what the Stranger Things people are kind of aping right now. But I've listened to those enough, I had to go down the rabbit hole a little bit deeper today. And I found the theme song from a movie called Manaus. M-A-N-A-O-S. Now, I sent the link to you earlier, and I would recommend to everyone who's listening to this, look up Manaus, M-A-N-A-O-S, on YouTube. Michael, you've listened to this song, yes? Yes, per your instruction. And I could not, I did not know it was a horror movie based on the song. I'll say that much, at least. Is it, though? Well, the lyrics <laughs> may have suggested otherwise, <laughs> but the upbeat disco-esque aspect of it oh no it was disco um it seemed like cheesy disco knockoff which is what a lot of those italian horror thriller action whatever movies of the era did is they just knocked off things and just tried to put out as much as possible so what do you think the movie is based on the song i had never heard of this movie (laughs) okay and then you went down the rabbit hole of what this movie was Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's it's hard to tell. So yeah, upbeat disco, but then lyrics of like, if he catches us, we're all going to die. Uh huh. But imagine like that being sung by ABBA. That's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. And then like the movie poster is this guy holding chains, something <laughs> burning. So suggests maybe almost action more than horror. And like the typeface of the title is also suggests something like a epic or a time piece of like ancient Rome. So. <laughs> But what is this movie? You told me not to look at it. So I'm super curious of what this is. So this movie does not have a plot on its Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. It has Manaus, also known as Slaves from Prison Camp Manaus, oh boy. is a 1979 Spanish-Italian-Mexican adventure film directed by Alberto Vasquez Figueroa. It was surprisingly hard to figure out what this movie was about. But thankfully, there is a Region 2 two-pack DVDs from this uh, director on Amazon. And uh, there's no description of the plot in the official article, whatever you want to call it. But user Bartok Kinski writes, The story is about a rubber plantation in South America which is worked by foreigners and prisoners. They all have to contend with an evil plantation owner played with Zell by the great Dominican-born Mexican actor Andres Garcia. The plot deals with some of the workers leading a rebellion against the vicious owner, and there are battles with armed guards and dangerous jungle crossings along the way. This was made in the 70s, so you have to bear with the corny music that doesn't really fit the period, (laughs) which was probably 1898 or so. It's hard to tell because of the random infusion of clothes, guns, and ahistorical elements in the film. Manaus, which is I found out is what uh, the city Manaus, Brazil, used to be called, wants to be a cheap version of Papillon, but is mainly for action buffs or jungle exploitation film lovers. Although you won't be bored by it, but neither will you be impressed. <laughs> this was this was just super weird, and I had to share it with someone. 
because I've had that dumb song stuck in my head all afternoon. <laughs> it's catchy. It's very catchy. <laughs> I started, I'm like, what? This isn't what I was looking for. I was looking for, you know, just... Atmospheric kind of stuff. Or... Buzzing synthesizers. Yeah. And then I, you get to the first time they say, if they catch us, we're going to die or something. And I'm like, wait, what? Hold on. <laughs> and it uh, it reminded me kind of the uh, just the, the oddity of Drinkenstein. Not necessarily in content or anything like that, but it was uh, definitely in the cheese factor. Oh, yeah. So I thought I would share that with you and the uh, rest of the crew. But, Michael, do you have a beer brag for me? Yeah. Well, I'm just going to do a quick update here from mm-hmm. our anniversary show. Oh, yeah. The yeast from Trappist Rochefort 8 has taken hold. Oh, yes. And, yeah, so it's bubbling away. It's going, and we'll see what it tastes like. I probably should have taken a sip before... I record this recording, but... Eh, what are you going to do? Look forward to that. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, do you have an actual beer brag for us? I do, so... I I believe it was last week's episode where I said I was going to, uh... That I'd found a honker's ale. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, I did. Um, I believe this is one of the last batches that was being made. Um, it was still good until about July. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know... I'm reading from guysdrinkingbeer.com that the ending of distribution happened on February 21st. Yeah. According to reports from distributors and retailers, we've learned the beer is no longer available via any regular distribution channels at all. Production at the Anheuser-Busch plants in New York and Colorado ended in 2016, but was shifted back to Chicago. Now we understand it's not being brewed at the Fulton Avenue facility either. Hmm. These distributor tips were confirmed via a statement from the Goose Island president, Todd Osman, via their uh, PR agency, which clarified the beer is not being completely discontinued. It's only going to be at the brew pubs. Hmm. It's not as good as I remember it. Do you think that's your changing taste or the change of mass producing it and optimizing the recipe for mass production versus small batch quality? I think it's the latter. Okay. Just because, like, I hold a soft spot in my heart for English bitters and things derived therefore. The best beer I had when I was over in England was the uh, the Brains Ale. I think whatever it was called, the Brains Best Bitter. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was a Welsh beer that was brewed in Cardiff, and it was phenomenal. Um, I feel like they were focusing too much on the citrusy hop aspect of the honkers that I had, and it didn't have the malt that I remember. Yeah, I remember this one being one of my favorites back in the day. I mm-hmm. and I haven't had it in years. Neither had I. <laughs> Maybe that's why they ended distribution, because nobody's having it anymore. I would suspect that something changed along the way about the formulation. And I remember this being a pretty good, true to the style. I think it had its own little twist on it, um, but mm-hmm. maybe things changed. Well, it's nice you could get in there before it yeah. was completely out of grasp. Yeah. The swan song, if you will. Is a swan a goose? No, it's a swan. Sorry. A swan is, in fact, a swan. <laughs> there's a, In this article, there's a lot about the uh, barrel-aged stout selling out. They cite it quite a bit in here. It's um, a great book. It, it is It is a pretty good book. And it's just mostly them like claiming that they dug out the fact that it's not being uh, made anymore. And like, I don't know, man. I, I think they're pushing it a little bit in this, but yeah. Hmm. Sale of E-Honkers. Yeah. I can't think of another English bitter that's readily available like that one, too. And, I mean, maybe they're right. Maybe the style is dead. Because, I mean, even Newcastle is being 
They're getting brewed by Lagunitas, right? That's right, and they're changing how it tastes, too. Making it more, I think, it, it kind of seemed like they're poochieing the beer. Yeah. <laughs> Poochie as in the Simpsons character. Poochie? Yes, just more aggro and in-your-face version of uh, Newcastle. For the American taste. Yeah. Yeah, we might need to find some of that on the shelf. and. I, I That's what I was actually looking for. I will, uh, I'm going to make a swing up to John's this weekend, and I'll see if I can find some before it's gone. And then do a side-by-side on it. Absolutely. <sighs> yeah, I guess we have to look to our even more local craft brewers. But uh, what else do we got going on? So, after last week's abysmal oh. quiz, <laughs> most of which ended up on the cutting floor, I want to do another random internet quiz, but it mm-hmm. needs to be quality, maybe a little more relevant. This quiz is about beer. Okay, that's a good start. Yes. I figured, hey, let's, you know, we've been doing this podcast for a while. Let's test our expertise or lack thereof with a real beer quiz. Mm-hmm. And this one is on WebMD. <laughs> oh, boy. So it's it's legitimate. <laughs> or more legitimate than quizopedia.org or whatever it was. Although we might try some of those later. But let's test our knowledge with a quiz about beer. Hit me. A beer's label must list calories only if it claims to be a light beer. True or false? I feel like it's just a good idea to do that, and it's not technically a requirement. That's what I think, too. Because if it's a light beer, you would want to have like some sort of proof. Otherwise, you'd be just like, here, this Guinness is technically a light beer. Okay. You, you, I, you know what I mean? No, I'm saying, yes. I'm saying totally. false. Yeah. I would say false, too. The answer is true interesting okay i'm going to read this because this is interesting i please got caught off guard by this the alcohol tobacco and tax and trade bureau oh formerly atf oh they changed it i guess so that sucks maybe yeah so the former atf regulates the labeling of alcoholic beverages not the fda that's an interesting point point. Mm-hmm. and the agency does not require statements of caloric content unless the beverage is labeled with caloric representation such as light or light Interesting. According to malt beverage labeling regulations. I assume that means GHT or TE. Yes. Yeah. I guess that doesn't work in a uh, audio format. Statements of alcohol content are also optional unless required by state law. Hmm. Weird. All light beers contain fewer than 100 calories. True or false? <laughs> this is the next question. Feel like no. Yeah. But then, but then again, I thought the same thing in the uh, last one. I would well, say false too, because I have a feeling like. But light is just... 105 or 101 yeah, or something like that. he's dancing around that. Yeah. Correct. All uh, right. Typical 12-ounce beer has 100 to 130 calories. I just feel like it'd be... Anything else would be gross. Or just nothing. Right. Like Miller 64 or something like that. Next question. Beer is fat-free. True or false? What do you think? I think it's that's true. Unless hop oil fatty acids or something count as lactose? That's a well, sugar. That's, that's, that's not all. The, well, good point. I'd say it's true. I mean, we've made beer. What's in there that's fatty? That That is fatty enough to... Because I think if you're fat-free, you're less than like 0.5 grams of fat or something like that per serving. Or, you, know, there, it, you can have trace amounts mm-hmm. of fat and still be fat-free. Let's go with it. Yes, beer like wine is fat-free. And contains some helpful nutrients in small amounts. Sweet. <laughs> However, beer is one of the top five sources of calories among American adults. <laughs> okay, here's a multiple choice question. 
Drinking two regular beers would account for the same number of calories as eating which of the following? A double hamburger, a roast beef sandwich, two slices of cheese pizza, any of the above, none of the above. Hmm. So you got about, what, 150 to 250, depending on the style, calories mm-hmm. in a beer. Double hamburger, could that would be about 400, 500? That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking all of the above. These all seem about the same. Let's go with it. That is correct. Two beers would be 300 to 400 calories. Good. Beers with higher alcohol content usually have the same amount of calories as those with lower alcohol content. I feel like that's false. I would agree. We know it's false. It has to be false. That is correct. Alcohol contains seven calories per gram. That's more than carbs. (laughs) Seven calories per gram. Good Lord. Yeah, carbs and protein, four calories per gram. Wow. That I didn't know. That seems weird. That's why, in case in point, the Miller 64, that's why it has such a low amount of calories, because they siphon off all the alcohol. Oh, yeah. Light-colored beers always have fewer calories than dark-colored beers. That can't possibly be true. That's be false. I mean, triple versus uh, bitter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's false. Good. I feel like we're doing good on this one. I think so. I think we only botched the first one. Yeah. The Dietary Guidelines for American recommend a limit of how many alcoholic drinks per day for men? None, one, two, or three. I feel like it's three. I feel like it's one of those things where it's like it's one of those things where the, the number is shockingly high. I think it's two for men and one for women. I'm pretty okay. sure about that. Yeah, you are more medical. Yeah. It is two. Interesting. Which is still high, I think, a little bit. Is it? A day? I don't know. I feel like, I mean, I wouldn't do it every day. Well, yeah, exactly. I think if you're doing that every day, that's like just not healthy. But next question is the same thing, but for women, and it is one. Okay. The other thing, too, to consider um, is that's like a beer of 4 to 5% alcohol. True. Is, yeah. Anyway, I won't belabor the point. Um, uh-huh. Which of the following has most calories per serving? 12 ounces of beer, 5 ounces of wine, 1.5 ounces of liquor. 80 proof. I would think beer. Just because of all the volume. The carbs and the, the carbs, yeah. and what have you. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Yes. Liquor, 100 calories. Wine, 120. Beer would be 150 to 200. Sweet. (laughs) What do you think of this one, Jeremy? True or false? Men who don't drink beer can still develop a beer belly. I mean, sure, why not? Yeah, that is true. Beer belly comes from excess calories, not necessarily from beer. They just happen to come easily when you're having like six beers every weekend. (laughs) Yes. Beer has been associated with a lower risk of developing kidney stones. True or false? False, because I my dad's had kidney stones twice, and I think it comes a lot from like a form of dehydration, as well as diet. Oh. I'm, sure, I'm sure it doesn't help matters, but... Uh, dehydration, yeah. Good point. Mm-hmm. He definitely got them after working out in the uh, shop for quite some time, and... Uh, yeah, doctor told him to cut out the oxalate in his diet, and he's just and oh, yeah. when we when we did dig some diggings, it's like dad doesn't eat a lot of rich leafy greens, so <laughs> uh, I, I I guess we'll just figure it out from there. This says that's true. I'm really perhaps due to the high water content and diuretic effect, beers associated with lowering the risk of kidney stones. Weird. It's WebMD. They can't be wrong. I've agreed. They can. We got. 
nine correct and two incorrect. That's pretty good. Both of them are my fault. <laughs> well, those, yeah, the bookend ones were kind of strange questions. Mm-hmm. So that was actually a little bit interesting and not yeah. about viniculars in Israel. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Jeremy, let's get into the FDR. Why don't you tell the fine folks at home what the FDR is? Michael, that's where we find a beer, drink a beer, and rate a beer. And uh, we are at the end of the left-hand path here. Yes, the spring sampler series where we both got a sampler pack from Left Hand Brewery and are going through it and checking them all out, rating them. Michael, what do we got for our last one? Today is the one I think I've been looking forward to the most. I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe it's just this kind of 70s retro can. It's, it's pretty sweet can. It's Juicy Goodness Dry Hopped Golden Ale. Now, Jeremy, this is hoppy and light with a tingly mouthfeel and fruity hop characteristics. Perfect for the hophead and the hop averse. Jeremy, that's you and I. That is. Delve into the complexity of the hops and delight in its golden drinkability. Juicy Goodness. It's always in season. And it is because it's a year-round beer. (laughs) Style, dry hop golden ale. Color is golden. Body, medium to light, ABV of 5.5%, 29 IBU, and it contains pale two row and wheat for the malt. Ooh, wheat. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, wheat. Hops are Azaka, which we had, was that last week? No, that was Uh, in the IPA. Yes. Equinot and Comet. I feel like they're just making these up sometimes. These, all these new hops. Yeah. And I mean, I guess technically they are. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm just looking up Comet real quick. Actually released in 1974. I stand corrected. Yeah, I thought it was a newer one too. Apparently it's not in commercial production and somewhat difficult to find these days, although we're finding it right now. Apparently This is not. according to hoplist.com. Gotcha. So, oh, recently there has been a surge in its use as a dry hop in ales and IPAs. There we go. Cool. Well, should we crack it open? Let's get after it. Glass report, Jeremy. Exile uh, goblet. Uh, I'm using the American Pale Mail's standard, the can-shaped glass. Glass Glass-shaped can. Maybe it's that. that. (laughs) That'd be like one of those weird Budweiser's in the aluminum bottle can, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Those (laughs) things were weird. I don't like that. Ooh. The smell is filling the room here. It is. I'm a little congested right now, in case you couldn't tell. I've had a bit of a headache all day long, but... I'm very excited to have this beer. Oh, the color, golden, but almost a golden orange. There is a little bit of a haze going on. The smell? It's fruity. Fruity, you know, like there's uh, tangerine, mango, and almost like how that mango has a, like that vanilla-y, creamy aspect to it. The smell has that, too. I already went in, Michael. Okay. It tastes good. What do you think? Oh, yeah. It's a little drier than I expected. I was expecting something maybe a little sweeter. It's not an IPA. Well, why couldn't, you know, a wheat beer can be sweet beer. That might be the case, but I dig this beer. It's, I mean, spoiler alert, I've had the the other two from the case already because it's good. I uh-huh. like this beer. But it does have a little bit of that vanilla mango weave thing going mm-hmm. on. Yeah, a little bit of a dreamsicle factor going on, but not like your standard hazy IPA. It's just... It's got something going on with the that dry hopping. 
I feel yeah. that's, that's putting it out like that. Yeah, I'd say I'm surprised at how, I mean, the taste is similar to the aroma, but it definitely has its own thing going on. Like I said, it's drier, and there is a degree of bitterness. It's not your typical back-of-the-tongue bitterness. Mm-hmm. Almost like a pithy bitterness. Yes, there you go. Is there anything you don't like about this beer? Not that I can say right now. Right now it's just different than I expected. I'm trying to say think about what I think about that. It's got a good aftertaste. I like that, yeah. It lingers in your mouth, but it's a good linger. But it's like the cranberries. Yeah, I was just gonna bring that up. <laughs> that one's for you, Steve. I feel like that this beer kind of meets and subverts the expectations. Yes, I see what you're saying, I think. Because it's just by the smell of it, you know, you, the mind immediately goes IPA. Mm-hmm. But as I've established, um, it's it's not an IPA. It's just a beer that happens to be dry hopped. Um, I feel like even if it didn't have the dry hops going on in this, it would still be a pretty solid gold nail. Mm-hmm. Because yes. the the body, like you were saying, is it's it's got some heft to it, but it's not like overly sweet. It's not overly. It's it's a little dry. And that just, you know, kind of sets it apart from other gold nails. Yeah. I think this has to be the pithiest beer I've had. Really? I can't think of anything that brings that type of bitterness so much to the forefront than this one. Have you had Mozango by Lagunitas? I cannot, can't say I've had that. It's a good beer. I had it at, uh, at the, well, at the brewery because... Oh, yeah, when you were in Chicago. When I was in Chicago. And uh, found out that the music festival I went to six years in a row had a brewery two blocks away from it. It's just wonderful. <laughs> um, Michael, I'm trying to find some uh, standard golden ales. And the only one that I have had is is Surly's First Avenue Plus One. But can you think of a golden ale just like any rando one? Golden Drock. That doesn't count. <laughs> I know, that's a kind of unique niche. Not off the top of my head, no. And which is strange because I think that's one of my preferred styles. It's true. All these websites that I'm finding are just being like ones that I've Dayblazer by New Belgium. Ah, there you go. Apparently New Glarus makes one. Interesting. Sold only in the uh gift shop. A Belgian style trappist, golden in color by the anyways. Interesting. I am going to Wisconsin in uh, October for a mini honeymoon. Mm-hmm. Up to Knob County. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a nice yeah, place yeah. up there. I'm excited. Stop by uh, Hacienda slash Door County Brewing. I'll have to have you remind me of that in like six months from now when we go. Tell them I sent you, and they'll say who. Exactly. Uh, but um, let's get let's get back to this beer. Yes. So, I mean, we could even maybe get into the rating and then discuss the sampler pack as a whole and bring this to a close um, uh, sounds good Michael uh, what do you uh, a rating yes hmm go for it I don't know if I'm locked and loaded let me do a sip of judgment here um I, th- I think so does it appeal to hop heads and hop adverses and I think the answer is yes but at the same time is it doing itself a disservice by trying to straddle that line because well, it's not a hop bitterness, a, a typical hop bitterness. It is, there's still a bitterness there. So, there is. And it's a strong pith bitterness. I seem to, I don't dislike it, and I kind of keep going back in to try to, like, mm-hmm. wrap my head around it, but it's not, I don't like it. So I'm kind of in this weird no man's land on it. Hmm. 
Uh, I think I'm going to give this a... I also... I well, Let me back up one second. Factoring mm-hmm. in what I gave the other beers, and this will roll into what we're going to do next, I think I like Colorful Colorado more, so I'm going to give this a 3.5. 3.5. Sir Jeremy? I'm going 4.0. Okay. I like I like the bitterness. I can see why it's weird and beyond the capacity for rational thought. <laughs> but Maybe I need to have the other two, you know. Maybe, but, like, I mean, I suspect, well... I don't suspect, I know, that your preferred IPA style is the fruitier side. Mm-hmm. Is it safe to say that the hazy IPA is your jam? You know, I'll, yeah, I would say so, yes. Although dry IPA, brewed IPA is creeping up. I envy you not having the greatness of Rainbow Rain. <laughs> oh, what it would be to be so simple. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I uh, infamously said that I think I was done with hazy IPAs only to have like three more of them in a row that I liked. But I'm still standing by it. I, I'm ready to go bitter again with okay. with with my IPAs. And even though that this is not an IPA... It is pretty bitter. It's pretty bitter. But it doesn't feel like a resinous bitterness. Mm-hmm. Like a normal hop bitterness. It, it, feel, bitterness. it feels like a, a, a fruit bitterness. And for that, I give it a, a hearty pat on the back. I like this beer. So let's discuss the pack then. In this context, you gave the IPA, the left-hand IPA, straight-up IPA, a four as well. Okay. If you had to split hairs with the rating, do you like this one more or that one more? Or is it literally equal? It's... I th- I think it's apples and oranges. Depends um, on the mood kind of deal. So today at the day job, because like I said, you know, while lucrative, I was asked if I liked The Shining, the book more or the movie more. And very similar, they have the same bones, but it's different enough that it can't possibly be compared mm. to straight up. And I feel like this is the same way. I think I like this one a hair more just because it's more drinkable. So... To me, anyways. Okay. So would you rate this the <laughs> the leader of the pack? Yes. Um, so as discussed earlier, I'm going to give the Colorful Colorado the LOP award. Um, I can't sing that again. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're quite welcome. Yeah, you know what? Overall, what do you think of the pack overall? Uh, I give give the pack a 3.5 overall. Yeah, your your kind of hesitation is kind of how I feel too. Like because because the 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 beers themselves were solid for Mm -hmm. the most for the most part, but nothing really was exemplary. Like oh my god, right. Usually, I feel like with these sampler packs, you get at least one, and it's usually the uh, the rotating beer that's mm-hmm. like the that was good, like old Fezziwig or something, <laughs> uh, because I feel like that's the only way you could get old Fezziwig was in the uh, sampler pack. Or let me put it on the other side of the scale too. I feel like there wasn't like an anchor here. Like left hand, I think of the Milk Stout or the Wake Up Dead sawtooth yeah if they had like an anchor in there and then maybe that weird rotator Uh uh-huh like if they had the opposite ends of the spectrum there in that regard i think it could have been a better pack to me it seems like we kind of got these like solid beers but kind of 
middling type beers, if you will. That's I think that's good. I think it's uh, cast-offs. Yeah. I feel like the IPA and the Colorful Colorado would probably sell in six-packs, whereas I don't know this and definitely not the Kolsch. Yeah, we weren't big on that. So I don't feel that those would hold up their end of the bargain if they were like sold in six-packs or bombers or you know whatever plus if if there's like when you think about this I th- you know i know there was pretty good variety in here i mean it wasn't like an all ipa pack or anything although that could still be variety but like these were all kind of lighter type beers a little more hop centric but if it had like that milk stout in there that would have been a dark beer which is more malt centered so anyway yeah yeah it wasn't a bad sampler pack but it wasn't yeah, I'm going to pick that one up again next time I see it type deal. I picked poorly, Michael. I apologize. No, I think there was, you know, that's that's the interesting is unpacking it, unpacking the pack and mm-hmm. figuring it out. Who knows? Maybe we'll do this again in another set. Next time we need to uh, take care of things before someone goes on vacation for a while. Yeah, right. Which will probably be me, to be completely honest. <laughs> yeah. I, I do have things coming up this year. You do. You have big things. But mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll continue the series or maybe we'll variety it up soon. Do we feel that Left Hand has a signature beer? I think it's the Milk Stout. I think it's the Nitro Milk Stout. Okay. Is what I most strongly associate with them. Like, you say New Belgium and you think Fat Tire, even though they have tons of good beer. Besides right. that, that's just like the thing that's associated. Sam Adams has the Boston Lager mm-hmm. uh, and, and so on and so forth. Flagship. Bingo. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. And I feel like this one didn't have a flagship and it didn't have a... Didn't have a freak beer. Freak beer, yeah. Yeah. But... In any case, while you ponder if you want to try any of these beers, in the meantime, check us out on social media, such as the Twitter, Facebook, and email us at gmail.com. You can do everything at all those places at APM Pod. Also, APM Pod on Untapped, where host Emeritus Mike keeps up with all our ratings there. Thanks, Thanks Mike. Thanks, Mike. And rate, review, subscribe if you can. But we'll leave it at that. So for Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I've been Jeremy. And this has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.